0: QP Nation, welcome to another Hoop Question Monday. It's your boy Vince, and I'm super hyped to be here. Today's pod is jam-packed with a bunch of knowledge. We got some news and notes, a bunch of news and notes. It's going to be real college-heavy, real draft-eligible-heavy. We do have a couple things to talk about in the association, actually. And you know we're going to finish it off with a rookie watch. So, we got some G League Ignite stuff. We got uh, a player profile on Tennessee's freshman Keon Johnson, the shooting guard. And um, we got some opinions on Duke's freshman Jalen Johnson and Iowa senior Luca Garza. And man, I can't wait to start this pod. So, we're going to do it in a moment. Um, first I want to tell you guys about the pod that happened on Friday. Uh, football Friday is a thing that we do. We do two pods a week. So if you're only familiar with who questions Monday, there's a football pod on Friday and I didn't do a really good job of promoting it. And I wanted to tell you how proud I was of the, uh, podcast. And I wanted to tell you that there is some, real information in there for you so if you are a football fan and you're seeing all these quarterback situations go down um there's some information in that pod that you want to get yourself tapped into so go look for that on all your major podcasting platforms and uh get that pod because it's a dope pod I'm really proud of it I got some really good information and I want people to hear it so, that's a little house cleaning work on that. I'm going to take you guys behind the curtain a little bit at QP headquarters. So, it's Friday. I just dropped that pod. Everything is great. And, um, you know, my focus switches to basketball. I know my focus is never off basketball, but I really tap into what I'm going to be doing for the pod come Friday after I do the football Friday pod. So I'm sitting there and um, thinking how the pod is going to go. And I was going to do something on Ohio State. The Buckeyes are doing great this year. They're deep. Uh, they have three guys that can really fill it up. EJ Lidell and the boys. So I was looking, you know, at Chris Holtzman, the the head coach of the Buckeyes and what well, he was all about just seeing how, how incredible to in this big 10 this year. And then Sunday happened, you know, Ohio state was slated for a number one seed in the tournament coming up in March. And then they played uh, Michigan and Michigan beat them at Columbus 92 to 87. Now, Take nothing away from Ohio State. They're still a great team. They're still awesome. But it just goes to show you that the dock with the Big Ten is super deep. And Michigan is for real. That team has some dudes. They got some upperclassmen. They got some freshmen holding it down. So kudos to Fab Five member Jawan Howard. Shouts out to Jawan Howard. Shouts out to the Fab Five, you know, C-Webb, Jimmy King, you know, the boys, Jalen Rose. You know what I'm saying? Those are those my dudes, man. Those were my guys, bro. I love me some Fab Five. It was awesome. So, uh, Jawan Howard had them just killing it. The great thing about it is is their, uh, their senior latent group early on was 9 of 11 from three-point land. Nine of their first 11 from three-point land. As a team, Michigan was 11 out of 23 in total from three-point land. Um, They shot almost double the amount of free throws as Ohio State by driving the lane and pick and roll action. Hunter Dickinson, the big man from Michigan, scored 22 points, nine rebounds, and had two assists. Which was more than holding his own against EJ Liddell, Because EJ Lidell is a load. I saw him play against UCLA. It was not pretty. That guy is a beast. And Hunter Dickinson stayed right with him. Big boy. Doing it real, real big. And then the other thing that I saw with Michigan is they shared the basketball. They had 19 assists to their 31 shots made. That's a pretty good explanation of team basketball, and making the right play at the right time. So this is not an um, indictment on Ohio State whatsoever. Yes, Ohio State is still very, very good. Yes, Ohio State will be a highly seeded uh, tournament team. But it just goes to show how wacky this season is because Michigan hasn't won in Cbus since 2014. So keep that in mind. Barack Obama was president in 2014. This is (laughs) pre-Trump. That's the last time Michigan won in Columbus. So we can only hope as a fan base, you know, as somebody who just love hoop and love competition, that they get to run this back in the Big Ten tournament in another couple weeks. So I look forward to that. And that's what I wanted to kind of get you guys behind the scenes on. Again, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about um, participation, my participation with you, your participation with me. Listen, if you want something on the pot, if you want a team that is, you know, starving for attention, it's a mid-major team, it's a, you know, it's a deep south team, whatever it is, and you want your guy highlighted or you want your team highlighted, hit me up on Twitter, QPP Network. On Instagram and Facebook, it's Question Point Pod Network, okay? Hit me up. This is what it's all about, inclusivity. Listeners, I thank you again. I thank you for your passion. I thank you for downloading. I thank you for subscribing. Now we just need to get better on the social media tip. And if you have questions about the pod that you are listening to right now, drop me a line. Say, hey, I don't agree with that. Or I do agree with that, and I was thinking that. That's the type of things that we want to promote here at QP Sports Exchange on Who Questions Monday is the ability to connect with one another and share ideas, and who knows? Your idea might make it on the pod. Listen, I have seven pages of notes here, so more of me, less of you, is still great but more of you with great takes is even better so don't be afraid get a vine swing into the jungle and drop your opinion because that's what we want here we are trying to get questions answered for our hoop heads out there that's what we're trying to do all right that's enough ranting that's enough self-promotion that's enough social media love for myself it's time to get to the pot, all around the world. All right, guys, so. We're going to give you some G League stuff right now. Um, I got some scouts in the bubble getting information to us. We're also piecing this together with a little Bleacher Report action. I still get some of my information from uh, Mike Schmitz from ESPN. So this is what we pieced together for you so far. And this is going to be really on like the top four dudes that everybody's talking about with the G League. So you're looking at Jalen Green, Deshaun Nix. You're looking at um, Kaminga, and you're looking at Isaiah Todd. The one thing, I won't spend a lot of time on Kaminga because I got a lot of Jalen Green stuff to go over. Okay, um, Jason, Kaminga has been playing well, okay? Everybody's been impressed with just basically his leaps and bounds every single game of how he's adapting to what the defenses are doing to him. He's also becoming very active on the defensive end in the passive lanes. And what have you. And people love his length. They love his um, ability to try things. And literally master things after being told once. So this is something that we said on the podcast last time. We're just giving you that quick update on Kaminga. Now as far as Jalen Green is concerned. Jalen has been impressing scouts. His shot selection has gotten better. His understanding of the offensive flow of the game seems to have gotten better. And what one scout told me is that he has a lightning quick first step. And it's not just lightning quick. This dude said it's elite. And it's like top two, top three in the league first step elite. So think about the dudes who you think have the best first step in the NBA right now. And you could put Jalen Green in those handful of guys with his first step already. So that's super impressive to me. All right, more notes on Jalen Green. Excuse the notepad being flipped over. Jalen Green still has that, I am a another level athlete type of mentality. So you still get a lot of, I'm going out athlete you with him. So this creates um, stubborn turnovers because he's like, I'm so quick. I'm going to get into the lane regardless. So charges, fumbling the ball in the lane, you get some of that. But you're starting to see him make adjustments. Somebody said this. When it comes to the offense and what the offense is trying to do, Jalen Green is now picking his spots. His ability to score from all three levels and when to do it is progressing. So they've been impressed with basically when he turns on the juice and turns off the juice. Because the one thing that we know about the NBA, ball movement is key. To get the best shot, you got to move the ball. Because passing the ball is a lot more effective in uh, defense nowadays with the NBA. Passing the ball is a lot more effective than dribbling. We all know that. So Jalen Green has really shown his ability over the last three games to kind of pick his spots to go and get his. And he's doing it from all three levels. Now, he still needs to work on the J, the outside, the three-point shot, but they're seeing marked improvement. Now, on to Dashaun Knicks. Dashaun Knicks is still having troubles because of the fact that he's not a real great athlete, so he's a lot of under the rim. Scouts are really worried about that still and how that's going to translate to the NBA. Is he going to get like a little floater that he can use in the league? Those are the type of things that he might need to develop. But there were some positives on Dyshawn Knicks. One scout says that he's starting to use his, speed, his change of speed better. He's starting to use his advance and his decisive dribbling better to get to where he wants to go. He's also showing ambitious playmaking ability that only Knicks can see. He sees the game two steps ahead so he can make the pass, okay? So his mind as far as getting the ball to where he needs to go, this is where he doesn't need to be an explosive athlete. Is he, If he's going to outthink you to the point of a situation where, you know, he knows that a guy is going to, you know, come off a pick and cut to the rim and the ball is in mid-flight before the guy comes off the pick, that's going to be real lit. In the NBA. And you know, dudes love playing with a pass first point guard. We don't have too many of them in the league. Rugio comes to mind. But other than that, think about how many pass first point guards we got in the league, right? Rugio, I'll wait for whoever you want to say after that. And I'm talking about starters because Rondo doesn't count. Because we only need Rondo in the playoff. Playoff Rondo is what we need. Regular season Rondo, not so great. Just leadership. Playoff shares time, Rondo's there. He loves the lights. Okay? The other thing that has been kind of troubling with Deshaun Nix is this. Is that he likes to use his 224-pound frame to create separation to get to where he wants to go. Now, scouts are a little concerned what happens when he gets switched Onto a 218-pound power forward who's been in the league for about four or five years. So they wonder what that's going to look like in the NBA. So he needs to find a floater. He needs to find like a step back, Jay, that is, you know, because his dribbling and his ball handling ability leads you to believe that he can kind of just mystify you with dribbling and then get into a step back, so then he has some separation to be able to get that shot off. So those are the things that Deshaun is going to need to work on. I still root for this kid. I wanted him to go to UCLA. And some of the reasons why are some of the things that are being said about him, about scouts. So that's the little situation on Deshaun Nix. Now we have an Isaiah Todd player profile or some scouting news on Isaiah Todd. So Coach T Listen up, so Ignite's forward, Isaiah Todd is showing a consistent outside stroke, and to the NBA scouts in attendance, he's really starting to let it fly. He is 6 of 13 from 3 land, and scouts are starting to believe that that is a consistent tool in his repertoire. Now, he offers very little in the way of shot creation, post moves, or mid-range game. But on the defensive side, his athleticism, his sliding of his feet, and how he uh, shines on the defensive end is really showing through. He's cha- he's challenging a lot of drivers when they enter the lane as well. So, my man is really trying to carve his notch on the defensive end. That's not a bad idea for being 6'10". And if you can stroke it from the outside, you can have an 8-10 to 10 year career in the NBA. If you're going to play defense at 6'10", be able to move your feet, be able to challenge shots at the rim, and shoot the three. Oh yeah, man, there will be a squad for you in the NBA, Isaiah Todd. Don't you worry. Keep doing what you're doing, player. You know what I'm saying? Work on the, on the dribbling skills a little bit. You know, get yourself together. You 6'10", bro, you should have a nice mid-range game. You know what I'm saying? They're going to put some 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, dudes on you every once in a while. So you should be able to shoot over the top of the little bitty man. So that is the G League Ignite situation. So I'm going to talk about a couple rumors that are out there. Uh, one is fascinating to me. Uh, Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer and also ESPN's Adrian Rojanowski are reporting that there are trade talks. Going on between the Toronto Raptors and the Philadelphia 76ers. And it involves Kyle Lowry, the world champion point guard for the Raptors when they won it two years ago. That dude is super heady. He's still super productive. And he's getting it done in Tampa. Because you know Toronto is not in Toronto right now. Here's the thing. Philadelphia is not looking to give up Simmons in that deal. It's not looking up to give Tobias Harris in that deal. So I'm w- wondering who they're going to give up. Are they going to give up on some of the young guys? Is like Shake Milton part of that group? If it's, uh, was it Maxi? Tyrese Maxi, one of the guards they got out of Kentucky last year in the draft. I can see Toronto trying to get young assets back from Philadelphia. So that would make sense. So I like the deal in the sense of what Philadelphia is trying to bring in to help out and augment their team. And having another consistent 14 to 18 points from Kyle Lowry would not hurt, especially knowing that Brooklyn is waiting on you. Embiid is great. Tobias has been giving you a lot of points in production this year. Ben Simmons has been doing Ben Simmons things like defending like a mother. You know what I'm saying? Getting a lot of assists, grabbing boards, getting dunks, not shooting threes, all that. All the what Ben Simmons comes with is what you're getting out of Ben Simmons. But having Kyle Lowry, another veteran, another guy who's been through the wars, another guy who got a chip, that sounds very interesting to me When it comes to Philadelphia and not having to worry about giving up Ben Simmons in that deal makes it even better. So that is your rumor of the week. We will stay on top of this as QQ Sports Exchange usually does. If something breaks, you will know about it. If we have to drop an emergency pod, you know we do it and we do it with a smile because that's what we all about here. Okay, we're going to get into a player profile. So this is a draft eligible guy. Here's some scouting information on this guy. So this is the type of stuff that we keep you up to date on when it comes to who questions Monday, who might be somebody you might need to look at in the draft. And today we're going to talk about Tennessee's freshman shooting guard, Keon Johnson. Keon Johnson, a lot of endorsements. From scouts on being a lottery pick It's always good to be known as an elite two-way player You know that your offense is nice and your defense is nice as well Now this is what one scout said to me Johnson always manages to impact stretches of the game just by Using his tools his instincts and his motor to slash and defend Okay So It's not like he's out there just jacking up shots. You know, he's in the passing lanes. He's making the extra pass. He's cutting to the basket to get open shots for himself or for his teammates. You know, so he's doing a lot with just his actual tools and instincts. Now, here's the part where the scout got really excited, okay? Keon Johnson is showing a confidence In his shot making ability. He's showing a variety of shots. He has a follow-away mid-range shot. That's dope. And his threes and rhythm look real pure. That's what the scout said. So, here's a 6'5 shooting guard. Who has a mid-range follow-away jump shot. That's nice. I like those. He's going to give it to you on the defensive end. A lot of energy. But also defensive assignments he's not gonna miss he's very uh, active in the passing lanes and he's now getting more comfortable with his offensive game so there's a lot to like about Tennessee's freshman shooting guard Keon Johnson and I want you guys to look that kid up because he is getting it super in when it comes to that all right that dude is really getting doing it big. So, get, you, get yourself in front of a um, a TV. Watch a SEC game. Watch you a Tennessee game. And see my man, Keon Johnson, do his thing. Another guy that QP Sports Exchange has talked about in the past. And I brought his name up to get eyes on him. But now we have a scouting report that goes along with it. And that's a uh, UConn's guard, James Bonite. Now, right now, he's projecting as a, as a convo guard rather than a point. The 1.7 assists are kind of glaring, but scouts have said that teams still believe in Bonite can be an effective ball mover in the NBA and point guard could still be on the table in his future. Bonite is super shifty when it comes to to the basketball on the bounce he can get to where he needs to go with his dribbling imagination and his fluidity in his movement that dude is super impressive getting to the lane okay the scouts also like him as a shot creator he has a explosiveness to his game so he's not it's not like he's under the basket like Dasha daishon nicks okay This dude can get to the rim and finish. They say that he has a a tough shot-making ability. So he's not really worried about people being in his face when he goes to line it up and shoot it. And that obviously is great because you know how it works in the NBA. The shot clock's running out and your guy needs to get you a shot. He needs to get you a bucket. And this dude has no problem Raising up with somebody in his face and knocking down the shot. They also say that he has acrobatic finishes around the rim that are hard to guard. He's received a lot of rave reviews on his ability to contribute right away in the NBA. So a lot of guys are saying that he's ready made right now to go and contribute and give you 20 to 24 minutes in an NBA game. That's great. I don't know if he's a lottery pick. I don't know if he's like right after the lottery. You look at some of these teams now, right? And we talk about Tyrese Halliburton and we're going to talk about him on the rookie watch a little bit later. But you see teams and you go, man, could you imagine if they had Tyrese Halliburton? And I wonder if we're going to be saying the same thing about James Boatnight of UConn. I wonder if that's how we're going to be talking about him next year. I wonder if we're going to go, hey, man, there were like nine, 10 teams that passed on that dude. And they are really suffering for it. You know, I killed the Detroit Pistons all the time with their seventh selection, which was Killian Hayes, which Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer loved. He was like, oh, this dude's going to be elite with pick and roll and all this and everything. And I'm not saying that. Kevin was wrong because we don't know what Killian Hayes is gonna be. But if you see what Tyrese Halliburton is doing on a regular basis, and they're kind of talking the same way about James Bone, you wonder why those guys sometimes get undervalued when it comes to the draft. And then you see the team that was five or six selections ahead of where Bo Knight might be drafted or where Tyrese Halliburton was drafted and you go They could really use a Tyrese Halliburton or you could really use a James Bo Knight And you go, why did you not do that? It's just food for thought, you know, these are things that I'm getting from scouts I'm telling you to look out for guys. So keep an eye on James Bo Knight out of UConn. He's a six foot five guard He's super smooth when it comes to his handle he gets buckets. So, if you like a dude that likes to just take over games and do it in an efficient way, that's the one thing on on my man, Sharif Cooper. I love you, Sharif, dog. We talk about you a lot here on the podcast. But you got to get a little more efficient on your shot, baby boy. Get your stuff together. But James Well Knight seems to be like a complete package. And a lot of scouts like him. Okay, a couple more things. Um... Duke's freshman, Jalen Johnson, has opted out of the rest of his college season. Um, Scouts are concerned with Jalen's perceived lack of professionalism. His potential and his athletic ability will keep Jalen Johnson in the late lottery. But a lot of people are having problems with Jalen's... It just seems like there's a lot going on with Jalen That's what one of the scouts told me, like his handlers or his, you know, his family or whoever is representing him or whoever is, you know, kind of whispering in his ear is really kind of controlling the narrative of what's going on with him. And we wonder just, you know, there's just certain things that you just kind of you got to keep your eye on, you know, because I want that kid to turn out to be the best player he can possibly be. And this might turn out to be the best move that he made is to opt out. You know, maybe no more tape on him. Maybe you just kind of project him with the athleticism. You project him with the shot. And you project him with the defensive um, upside. And you go, yep, we're going to have to draft this kid with one of the, one of the first 14 picks. I got you. I understand that. But I really worry when you hear things like his camp. I'm not saying that you should not have a camp because you always need people to look out for you. But you wonder with a college like Duke and a coach like Krzyzewski you just wonder when you hear things like his camp pulled him and what that was all about this is one of those things that you put in the memory bank and when we are in June late June early July when they do the draft and these things come up again just remember to go to QP Sports Exchange archive pods on questionpointnetwork.com and relive this situation that we talking about right now. Because inevitably, we'll sit there and we'll look at the athleticism. We'll look at the tremendous upside in his defensibility. And his, the chance of him being just a really, really good player. Because he kind of reminds me of Patrick Williams a little bit. Same build, same size, all of it. But the one thing that you know about Patrick Williams is that he brings his hard hat every single day for Chicago? Shout out the Chicago Bulls. Shout out Zach Levine of UCLA Lore. Get it, boy. You getting your you get your buckets, boy. I love it. But back to Jalen Johnson, you just wonder about all the other stuff. You know what I'm saying? You just don't want something to impede his progress that would allow him to slip out of the first, uh slip out of the lottery. You know, and then become like a a late, not a late first round pick, but like a mid to late first round pick. Somewhere between 17 and 24. You know, those slots mean a lot of money to those guys. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, you're trying as quick as possible to get to that second contract. And I understand it. But we'll see with more... Of the story that comes out on Jalen Johnson and see where this takes us as we lead up to the draft and if I get more information you know that you're gonna have more information another guy that we're gonna talk about right now is somebody that we did a player profile on actually coach T did it for us okay um and by the way if you hear ice cream truck in the background there's nothing I can do about it the ice cream truck uh Gestapo lives on my street. They love to stay here for 30, 40 minutes. So I apologize for the music in the background. So Coach T did a uh play profile on Luca Garza about a month ago. And at the time he was saying, I don't know about him being a pro. You know, he might have a shot because he does have a good stroke. Here's the one thing. I saw a game on Luca Garza the other night, and I knew that they didn't play a lot of defense. I just didn't know how much he was allergic to defense until I saw this game. Iowa got blown out by uh, Purdue, all right? And it wasn't that it was a blowout and whatever. It was just, like, this dude does not get out on the shooter. Like, he is stuck to the paint, you know they try to run zone to kind of, in a sense, help them. But you got to get out to the shooter. You got to have a, the want to to get out to the shooter. You can't just be running back to the other side and say, "Listen, I'm gonna set up so we can get this bucket back." You know what I'm saying? In the NBA, you got to get stops. You know what I'm saying? The league is so offensive now. The league is so prevalent with great guard play and great fluidity of the game that your Help defense on getting out to shooters becomes so so important. To see you have no interest in it whatsoever is a little troubling. And if Luca Garza wants to be an NBA player, first and foremost, I think right now you'd have to send him immediately to the G League. And the only thing that you would be working on is agility drills and Getting him out to the corner, like, to the three-point shooter. So, at least that guy has a a hand in his face when he's shooting from that short corner three. You know what I'm saying? He needs to work on the defense. He's a tremendously blessed offensive talent in the sense of he can shoot the three. He can stroke it. He's 6'10". That might help him. He's not incredibly quick. He's not incredibly agile, but he seems to be able to get buckets in the Big Ten, and they bring a lot of people into the NBA, so this dude gets buckets on a real basis, okay? But if you're not going to be playing any defense whatsoever, then we got a real issue. You know what I'm saying? We got a real problem. So that's what I saw with Luca Garza, and it was crazy to me, but... Go back to the archive pods. Get back into when it was Beatball Monday and listen to Coach T's uh, evaluation on Luca Garza, and he'll have some insight for you that I think would be particularly important as we get this news about him being allergic to defense. You know what I always say: if you are not up on some of this lingo that we be dropping, some of this vocabulary that we be dropping. You got to get into the archive pods. This has been a pretty straightforward podcast. This hasn't been a lot of ha-ha, whatever. But sometimes we drop little jokes in there. And you got to be on it. And you got to understand where it's coming from. So get indoctrinated into QP Nation. Get indoctrinated into the vocabulary that we use. Understand these jokes that's about to come off the dome. And get yourself... Listening to the archive pods, we have forty-four of them. This is the forty-fifth podcast, folks. This is MJ's other number, four or five. All right. So there's a lot of pods out there: football pods, basketball pods, emergency pods. It's all set for you. I can't make it easier. Go to the website or go to your favorite podcast platform and get on the Archive Pods. All right. You know what time it is. It's time for the Rookie Watch, and you know I'm excited about that. We're going to hit you with, it's going to be a quick hitting Rookie Watch today. Because there's a lot of bad performances by the rookies out there, and you know we don't like that kind of shine. There's going to be a couple in here that are kind of ugly, but we're going to talk it through, and we're going to talk about their overall situation, how they've been doing the whole entire year anyway. So we're not going to throw no shade on our rookies. You know what I'm saying? This is the future of the association and the association's future is bright with some of these rookies. All right. So we're going to give you our top three. We're going to start in Sacramento, Tyrese Halliburton, the Conwell guard out of Iowa State. He's averaging 30 minutes a game, almost 13 points a game at 12.8. He's still shooting a fantastic 49.8% from the field. So his field goal shooting overall is 49.8. He's shooting a fantastic 83.8% from the free throw line. And he's also shooting 44.2%. From the land of three, his assist to turnover ratio is still 3.400 to one. That's excellent. He's averaging five assists, 1.3 steals, and three and a half rebounds a game. Now, his last game against the Bulls, it came in a loss, but my man has he has 16 points. He was six of 16 shooting, which is a rare. Off shooting night for him. He really doesn't have those games. He doesn't have those games. Where he's below 40% shooting. So this was a rare night. And you're going to see. A lot of this. With the guys that I'm going to talk about. A little bit. Okay. So he also had. um, He shot two. Two of five from three point land. He had five assists. No turnovers. Check that out again. Five assists. Zero turnovers and two steals. So my man is still getting it done. He's still getting it done at a high level. His off games are still pretty good, still pretty solid. You know what I'm saying? Tyrese Halliburton is just, this is what we were talking about with James Bonite earlier in the pot. Is that when you have a guy who can just do this and do it and repeat it. It's a repeatable skill. I'm going to give you 12 to 16 points a game. I'm going to give you anywhere between four to seven assists a game. I'm going to take care of the basketball. I'm not going to have a bunch of turnovers. You're not going to see me dribbling off my leg. You're not going to see me making these wild, crazy passes, and they end up in the stands and stuff like that. You're just going to get solid, solid production from me, and I'm going to do everything to help my team win. So if that's what James Boeknight is going to be, if he's going to be another Tyrese Halliburton, all for that. All right? So, Tyrese Halliburton is still getting it done. And Sacktown, Sacktown, you got a winner right there. Congratulations. Congratulations to you that Detroit did not take Tyrese Halliburton five slots ahead of you. Our next guy on the rookie watch is our favorite guy. It's Charlotte's LaMelo Ball, the point guard. He, you know, he traveled broad. You know what I'm saying? He did a little, you know, Back to high school to finish up. You know what I'm saying? And now my man is doing it in the NBA. Lomelo is just, he's hes doing it. He's starting, which is great. He's averaging 28 minutes a game. He's averaging 14.5 points a game. He's shooting 43%, 43.5% from the field. So, there's some work to be done there. I like to see him above 45. He's so long and he's so tall that I think with some added strength, some of those layups that he's missing when he gets to the lane will go in. Keep in mind, he's not close to the finished product. The other thing with Lamelo is that he is shooting 79.8% from the free throw line. That's pretty good. And he's shooting a respectable 35.4% from three-point land. With that, he's averaging... Um, assist to turnover ratio, 2.200 assist to turnover ratio, while averaging 6.1 assists a game. All right. He's also averaging 1.6 steals a game. Okay. So he's doing it on the defensive end. He's doing it on the offensive end. He's anticipating passing lanes um, and the passes are ridiculous. He is just fearless and he is a, a high level basketball IQ mind he sees the game just like Deshaun Knicks, just like LeBron James they see it a little bit differently than everybody else that's why they could throw those just tremendous passes now for his last game he struggled okay so Lomelo played against the Warriors he shot the ball not very well he was three of ten from the floor He was one for five from three-point land. He did have only seven points. He had seven assists and two steals, though. So it wasn't like he wasn't contributing to his team. And you're going to have nights like that with LaMelo. And also, keep in mind, this is the time that the rookie wall happens. It's real. It's a real thing. These guys haven't played more than 30 games in a year ever. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can talk about what you want and whatever. But the rigors of the NBA are a little bit different than high school basketball, than college basketball, or abroad. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to have nights like this. And we talked about this. We talked we talked about this before the season. We talked about this kind of at the start of the season. That there are going to be nights where you just look at LaMelo and go, dang, it just did not go well from my man, you know, the one thing I do like is that it seemed that since he knew his shot was off, it wasn't like he forced the action, because he only took 10 shots, it was kind of like, okay, it's not falling, how can I help my team, what can I do to help my team, you know, Um and the good thing about him, and they ended up winning that game, he had Hayward, he has Rogier. you know, he has Monk. He has guys that can, when he's struggling offensively, I can be a ball mover, I can move myself, I can create motion, I can create action in the offense and get my other guy shots. So he's still effective even when the scoring is not there, which is a great deal. So these are things, these are nuances that I'm seeing in LaMelo's game. And I'm so impressed with him. And he really is to me. The odds-on favorite to win the Rookie of the Year. And you know I'm going to be super geeked about that because we picked him. Our last guy that we're going to talk about on the Rookie Watch is this. This is our dude. We have been riding with this dude from almost day one. Memphis' Desmond Bang. The Conwell Guard out of where? TCU. Go Horn Frogs. Go Texas Christian University. You should be in the Pac-12, but that's a, another discussion. That's football Friday. Remember what I said early in the pod? I'm really proud of that pod. The last football Friday, please pick it up. I'm going to do a better job of um getting it out to you on social media and what have you. It's just been we sometimes in in, in the uh QP Headquarters, we have some bad days. Stuff goes on, and uh, we don't bring the heat the way we need to on social media. I promise I will get better at it. But Desmond Bain is uh, averaging 25 minutes a game. He's averaging 10 points a game. He's shooting a, rebu- a robust 47.4% from the field. He's shooting 82.9% from a free throw line. And he's shooting a ridiculous 45.7% from three-point land. There's really nothing that you really are like, oh, you know, whatever. I think the one thing that I wish he could do more because of his physique and his size being 6'5", 220, is that the 2.7 rebounds is a little unnerving. But I I just think that's going to come with time. He's probably a five or six rebound a game guy. Okay. So I think you're going to see those numbers go up as he gets more indoctrinated into the NBA. I don't think 2.7 rebounds is where Desmond Bain is going to live in the NBA at all. Now, he's also averaging 1.5 assists a game. He's averaging Point seven steals a game in a block a game. Now, in his last game, he also struggled. Keep in mind, like I said, rookie wall is real. It's a real deal. Okay. Um, Bain struggled in his last game against the Suns. He only had four points. He had two rebounds and he had one assist. He was two for eight shooting from the field and zero of four from three. So yeah, it's a Those nights don't happen for him either. He's another Halliburton when it comes to that. There's not a lot of variation with his game, but keep in mind, I believe that's one of those things where give him about three or four games, he'll get back in the swing of things. He might blow up the next game. He's usually the guy that, like, if he has a bad game and they are rare, the next game he comes out and he feels the stat sheet on a real level. The shooting will be great. The shot selection will be great. The moving the ball component to his game will be great. The um, getting in the passing lanes will be great. So we do not worry about Desmond Bain here. We've been riding with that kid before he got drafted. And QP Sports Exchange was happy to see him go in the first round. And he is earning every bit of that first round money that he got. So we are super excited about that. All right, we're almost done. I want to bring one other thing up because of the fact that I want to make sure that we stay on top of some of these rumors that's coming out of the NBA. Today was pretty much about the youngins. All right. We talked a lot about some of the guys that in the G League. We talked about a couple guys in college, what have you. And then we talked about the rookies. Um, We did talk about the Kyle Lowry um, proposed trade to Philadelphia. And there was one other thing that I wanted to bring to your attention. There was a couple proposed trades by Bleacher Report that had me thinking. And I wanted to kind of bring it to your attention just to kind of keep on the lookout. And also, maybe these teams might need to think bigger. So the first trade that I want to bring to your attention that Bleacher Report talked about with something for the Celtics now Celtics mind you have Jalen Brown They have Jason Tatum. Those are two Fantastic building blocks to build around what they don't have is a consistent third scorer Okay, they don't have it and they need one desperately if they really want to compete with the Knicks of the world the Philadelphia 76ers of the world The Milwaukee Bucks of the world. They want to be in that mix. They want to be in that conference final. They want to have a chance to get to the finals, you know, and try to put up another banner in Boston. All right. But right now that team is struggling. They're like right around 500. They don't look great. They they look like they're missing something and they need a trade. Now, one of the trades... Or the trade that Bleach Report kind of proposed. And to me. I'm going to give it to you. And then I'm going to give you my thoughts. So Boston received in this deal. George Hill and Trevor Ariza. Now mind you. This is a proposed trade. This is not going down. I don't have any information on this trade going down. So don't aggregate it like. Yes the Celtics are getting George Hill and Trevor Ariza. I mean you can aggregate it all you want. But. When people listen to the pod, they'll know I didn't say that. All right. So the proposed trade goes George Hill, Trevor Ariza to the Celtics. Oklahoma City will receive Romeo Langford, sharp shooting forward Aaron Naismith, power forward center combo Tristan Thompson, Jeff Teague, and a 2021 second round pick. Now, those pieces would help the Celtics. I think the Celtics... That should not be their first trade, though. Their first trade should be for somebody who is going to get you 14 to 17 points a game. All right. They need a consistent scorer. I don't know if it's a front court guy, I don't know if it's a back court guy. You know, I don't think it'll be a back court guy. A couple guys that they probably want to look at first is I would take a look at Orlando and see what it would take to get Vucevic out of Orlando. And I would see what it would take to get Aaron Gordon out of Orlando. One of the two would be somebody that I would look favorably on if I was the Celtics. And I think Danny Ainge. In his private moments would tell you that the Gordon Hayward basically just getting the trade exemption back for him was probably a mistake. Because if you look at the team right now, they could use Gordon Hayward. Shouts out to Charlotte for seeing what I saw in Gordon Hayward. And I'm so glad that he's been a productive member. Of the Charlotte Hornets this year and he is missed by the Boston Celtics greatly but somebody like like Aaron Gordon and Vucevic another guy they should look at see what the availability of John Collins is in Atlanta now I know these teams are going for playoff spots so you know maybe in interconference hard to do but they're all on different situations. Like Orlando is nowhere close to competing. They might slide into like a playoff a playoff um like a play in game, but they're not gonna slide in and be like, Oh, we're we're going to the second round in the playoffs. That is not their aspiration this year. They're being decimated by injury and if I was them, I'd tear it down and try to get the best pick I could get and know that um you know, the injuries they received because, you know, Cole Anthony has a rib injury. Um, you, you know, they had a they had a power forward go down earlier in the year. Jonathan Isaac go down with a knee injury. So these are building blocks or people that they were counting on to give them big minutes, big production. And right now they don't have them. So stripping it all the way down. And, and making sure that you're, you're really within. You really want to be in the top five. But if you can get into that top two. And I know you can't guarantee it. Because how they do the ping pong balls now with the, the draft lottery. But you want to try to get as close to that one and two level. as you possibly can if you're Orlando. Because that's the only way to kick start that franchise. So trading Vucevic or trading Aaron Gordon to Boston Celtics. It's not going to hurt where you need to go at all. And maybe you can pick up some young assets or some draft picks or some draft capital that will help you either A, later on, or B, if you are in, let's say, sixth in the lottery, maybe a first round pick from Boston and your pick gets you to four. Whatever you need to do, try to figure it out. Again, with the Collins thing, I don't know. I mean, it looks great. When it works in Atlanta, the the dunks, the oops are great. You know, I just hope those guys can figure out a way to coexist. And there's too much stuff that I'm hearing from people in the league. That that relationship is going to end. And it might end this year before the trade deadline. Or it might end in the offseason. I don't know what is going on. But... There seems to be some 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 issues there and Trey Young is definitely going to outlive John Collins on the Atlanta Hawks. Let's just be real honest about that. So Boston, you got your marching orders. Go look at John Collins of Atlanta. Go look at Vucevic and Orlando, the center out of Orlando, and look at Aaron Gordon, the power forward out of Orlando as well. Now... The other trade that I want to bring to your attention that Bleed Report put out there as a proposed trade is the Miami Heat. Miami Heat are, you know, starting to get everybody back. Jimmy Butler looks healthy. He's starting to play well. Um, Looks like the team is starting to get healthy. Tyler Hero's back. He played well the other night. So it's starting to look good, but they can always use some more help. Now, this trade, again... I'll give it to you, and then I'll share my thoughts on it. The Miami Heat would receive Blake Griffin and Wayne Ellington. Now, Detroit would get Andre Iguodala, Kelly Olenek, Myers Leonard, and a 2022 second round pick. Alright, so Miami is looking to upgrade in the front court and what have you. Now... I understand looking to upgrade in the front court, but I think you might want to go about it a different way, player. And Pat Riley is a genius, and he's just the godfather, and we love him. But Pat, this is your boy Vince, who rolled with you through Showtime in Los Angeles in the La La. This is your boy who said, when you said, hey, we're going to do it again, back to back, at the parade, and was looking stunned. And had everybody looking stunned. That you were proclaiming back to back championships. And I was with you. So I'm going to help Pat Riley out right now. Alright. So some of the things that we heard. Um, when they were kind of kicking the tires. While Harden. Was that Tyler Hero would go in this, go in this uh, trade. Now I have a trade. That I think will help two teams it'll help the heat and the team they would trade with but it's some outside the box thinking i wonder what brandon ingram would look like in a miami heat uniform and i wonder what duncan robinson and something else would look in a new orleans pelican uniform because if you think about it zion is playing a lot more of a facilitator like getting the ball and then drive into the basket and then either creating a shot for himself getting fouled, foul or kicking it out to somebody and having a dead-eye shooter like Duncan Robinson in your midst when you know if he's standing in the short corner there's a good chance that shot is gonna go down he's one of the best catch and shoot guys in the league the numbers bear it out it's almost historic what he's doing. So Duncan Robinson would be a great piece, of still a young piece, for a newer New Orleans Pelicans team that's looking to put shooters around Zion. And if you want to go big or whatever, you know, with Zion and, um, and the center they got from, um, oh my God, what's his name? The center they got from OKC, which is great. But you need to have, like, knockdown shooting around those two guys. And you're going to need some guys to buy into the defensive end. Now, Lonzo was shooting the ball a lot better. And I don't know if that was something that was starting to show itself and then he got hurt because there were a couple little trade rumors going around him. And then those kind of died down. I think that still might be a move that they make down the road. And I don't know what that would be for, but we'll see. But if you're the Miami Heat, And you're saying to yourself, listen, we got Bam, we got Butler, we got Hero, and we got Ingram, you know what I'm saying? That is really good. And that can compete with the Nets and the Sixers and the Bucks and possibly the Celtics as they get it turned around. So... I look forward to seeing what the Miami Heat do at the trade deadline. Pat Riley is always looking for that next dude, that next star. Here's another guy. And this is a guy that goes way well with Bam out of timeline. Because you can think about it. Butler's older. 30, 31, 32. Still got great years left. But think about what it would look like if Bam, Brandon Ingram, Jimmy Butler, and Tyler Hero were on the court together. You know what I'm saying? Sounds good. Looks good. And I co-sign all those situations. All right. Well, Hoops Question Monday is over. I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in, tapping in, subscribing, downloading. You know, we in 17 nations. We getting these downloads on a regular. And I love you guys for that. We're going to kick up the social media game very soon. And then we're going to dominate. That's what we do. All right. So I'm going to get out of here. With that being said, be good to yourself. Take care of you. Take some time out. Get you a mental break. Because this stuff that's going on can weigh on you. Be good to your neighbor. Find time to be able to speak to them. You know, if you got a little bit more than they got as far as, you know, food, whatever, have a potluck, you know, just be neighborly. Help out your neighbor. We do it here. We do it here. Um, My wife is, my wife Belinda is great at it. You know, we got extra stuff. We giving it away. You know what I'm saying? Because we've been blessed and we want to make sure that people around us are blessed. And if we can show our light, show God's light through us, that's great. And then, if you have the means to be able to do it with your time or your money, be good to your fellow man. You know what I'm saying? And if you got the money, help out one of those organizations that's really helping out those who are less fortunate than we are. And also, I'm going to let you know, take care of your mental health. Your mental health is very important. It's important how you... Deal with the stuff that's going on with you, recognizing some of your blind spots, and also trying to get those fixed, so the people around you are comfortable, so the people around you just want to love and support you, or are, are able to do that. Um, talk to somebody, talk to a talk to a pastor, talk to a therapist, talk to God. Talk to a friend who just, you know, if you just need somebody to listen. But your mental health is super important. And I want you guys to take care of it. All right. We are out of here. who Questions Monday is coming to a close. And we will be back on Friday for Football Friday. And like I said, I'm super proud of that pod on Friday. Please pick it up. There's so much good information in it. And I don't want to give it away. But there's stuff about Deshaun Watson. Um. There's stuff. There's just a lot of stuff. So go get that Pod Football Friday, QP Sports Exchange on all your major pod platforms Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podcaster, um, Google Pod, you name it. It's on it. Go get it because it's dope as hell. And with that being said, I am bouncing and I am out